He's on the road today. We're at Rogers Arena, Canucks and Columbus Blue Jackets. This hour of Canuck Central is brought to you by Andrew Sherritt Limited, your plumbing and heating wholesaler, a proud family-owned BC company helping local business since 1892. Kintec Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 1,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintec. Dot net. Let's bring in our next guest. It's an exclusive interview with Canucks general manager Patrick Alvine here on Canucks Central. Thanks for this, Patrick. How are you? I'm pretty good, thanks. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for making the time for us. Uh, we got a lot to get to here, but um, you know, it's been uh, it's been a pretty whirlwind couple of weeks around your club. Uh, describe how it's been from from your view and and how everything has happened and where you are now with the new head coach and. Um, and where you see this moving forward? Well, yeah, you're, you're right. Uh, it's been a it's been a busy uh, couple of weeks here. Uh, uh, yeah, where do we start here? Uh, you know, uh, backing up to to uh, uh, when we started the season, we were off to a rough start there, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, with a tough road uh, trip there. Uh, we never found consistency uh, in our game and uh, I know the coaches uh, worked really hard uh, trying to find solutions and, and had the support and uh, uh, you know that's that's in the end here we felt that uh, we needed a different voice for, for this group uh, to kind of evaluate uh, the players we have and, and uh, moving forward um, so yeah definitely been a, a, a busy week well, and as far as, you know, the changes made behind the bench, Bruce Boudreaux, who, as you know, big time, big time fan favorite, Rick Tockett comes in. And as far as just going through that entire experience with the change being made, what was maybe the biggest lesson you and maybe the management team learned going through this process with the coaching change? Again, uh, Jim uh, addressed it in the, in the Sunday's uh, news conference there. Uh, he acknowledged that, that uh, you know, um, things didn't uh, play out the way uh, maybe you wanted it to. Uh, uh, coaches changes midterm is, is uh, rarely do, uh, and, and uh, you know uh, apologized uh, to Bruce uh, if you put him in a difficult situation. Um, we're excited uh, with Rick Tockett as a head coach and and uh, be moving forward. So on Rick, um, you know he's he's uh, he's made quite the impression uh, in these first couple of days. He uh, had some choice words after the Seattle game um, about how his, his team had performed there. Um, but but it does feel like you know, a lot of his view, and, and maybe I guess this coincides with your view, is you're really trying to build a foundation for the roster to to really start to to work from and some basics on what the standards need to be as a Vancouver Canuck. Absolutely. That's something that, that, uh, talk and I've been talking about here, uh, during the process, uh, you know, talking about the identity, what, what, what is a Vancouver Canuck player on how do we play? What's our identity as a team? Uh, you know, a lot of nights, uh, for me being here a year, I, I think it's hard to put really an identity on our on our uh, way we play. So uh, that's a big thing for us uh, moving forward here is, is to to uh, kind of set uh, 
uh, the, the culture, the standard, the expectations of, of being a Vancouver Canuck. Um, and everything's going to be uh, starting down in Abbotsford. I think uh, Jeremy Carlton and his staff down there have done a, a really good job of, of creating that identity of a Canuck and the foundation for the players to succeed and, and uh, kind of having uh, to earn it every night. And nothing's going to be for granted here. Do you feel your your leadership group needs to be a, a part of setting that standard? Absolutely. I mean, uh, a big big part of it is uh, you know uh, talking his coaching staff. They're gonna you know uh, attack the, the leadership group here and, and uh, make sure that they are aware of what what we want and, and what the standard would be moving forward. Uh, I talked about the the, the practice habits. Uh, you know what the expectations are every day walking into Rogers Arena. Um, I, I want to create a safety place here for the players, so they know exactly what the expectations uh, are and and what their roles are when they're walking in there. And when we were talking, you know, about the leader uh, leadership of the team, obviously the captain in his situation still remains unresolved beyond this season. And you know, Patrick, you know this this market is a Canadian market. Fans are obviously very interested; they're very in tune, and they all know. Leading up to the deadline, sometimes players sit out when you know uh, when a trade might be close. We realize you're still five weeks away from the trade deadline, but as far as that situation goes, and as far as you know, holding guys out of lineups. What is your philosophy on that? And is that something that you only look at when maybe a trade is close or closer to the trade deadline? Well, first and foremost, uh, we've got great fans here and uh, the support from the fan base uh, since I got here a year ago. uh, It's been amazed, Uh, you know, day in and day out, they're supporting this team and then the knowledge of the game is great. uh, regarding to trades, I mean every uh, every every situation is 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 unique. Uh, we still want to put a team on on the ice that's going to compete and give us a chance to win. And I don't think the players, uh, you know, want to do something different. And and if there is something uh, that we need to look into uh, regarding sitting out or not, uh, this is definitely something I will discuss uh, with my staff and and uh, the coaches. Do you feel there is still a connection to be made with Bo Horvat on on a potential future here in Vancouver? Um, again, uh, Bo Horvat has been a, a connector for a long time. He's been a captain here. Uh, he put himself in a position here to be a UFA this summer, which means that he could dictate uh, where he wants to play and and uh, um, obviously the contract he wants to sign. Um, I believe that from our side we. We uh, put a good uh, offer on the table for Bo. Uh, I met with his aide and Pat Morris here in in, in my office uh, before the game against Chicago. I'm still talking to to, to his aide and uh, we'll, we'll see where it goes. You know, and as far as the signing you guys made yesterday, uh, you've any uh, Andre Kuzmenko signed a two-year extension, and I know that um, Rutherford mentioned that if. If um, Bo takes the offer on the table, puts you guys over the cap next season, does the signing of Kuzmenko impact at all Bo Horvat in his situation of potentially signing an extension? Uh, Definitely not. I mean, uh, I'm not going to put us in a situation where we're not going to be compliant. uh, That's for sure. So uh, we we obviously have different numbers that we're working on. uh, But uh, uh, no, uh, definitely not.
with Kuzmenko, it's um, you know he's he's done everything I'm sure you could have asked for and hoped for when when signing the contract. Uh, even though the team results haven't haven't necessarily been there, he's he's been perfect offensively, near a point a game, already over 20 goals this year. Um, you know, the shooting percentage is high. We always look at these things that are sustainable and unsustainable and all of that. Uh, but but how do you judge, you know, where he is right now and, and how much he's still able to grow as a player with this team? A good question. I mean, uh, regarding expectations, I mean, I, I always find it hard for, for European players to make the transition over to North America. So, some of them um, go smoother uh, than others. And, and is Andre's case, um, I still think that he has a lot to learn in this game, uh, finding the consistency, uh, pushing the pace. And, and part of it is uh, uh, for us to, to help him um, and learn how we want to practice moving forward, uh, put more structure in place. And, and I believe that at 26 here and with, with his passion for the game and his love for the for the game, I, I do think that he's willing to learn, and I do think that uh, he has another level to, to, to go to. How does him signing on a two-year deal match or line up with where you see the competitive window of this team? Again, I, uh, we want to have good, good people and good character players uh, regardless here on our team. I think... Uh, in this case, uh, we see uh, Kuzmenko as a top six guy, and uh, we felt that uh, this this was a fair deal for both sides. Uh, um, it, it's a it's a small sample with uh, uh, forty five games, I believe. Uh, and as I said, I I do believe that we can help him uh, take a, take another step here moving forward. So, so that's where uh, you know, uh, in the discussions over the year with with Andre and, and his agent, uh, we felt the two-year deal would uh, uh, fit for for both of us. I know, Patrick. You've mentioned that at UN, you know, Rutherford. I've mentioned that you guys are still building towards something, but at the same time, want to create cap space and and you know do major changes to the roster. But so far, what we've seen over the past year is guys get extended, guys coming back. How big of a priority is it here to make some of those major changes you talk about? And in terms of putting this this puzzle together, will it make a lot more sense for everybody who's who's kind of wondering where the changes are coming when we see that happen? Yeah, I mean, uh, again, I, I believe we started the, the season with around just over 40% uh, change of our roster from last year, which is a significant number. Uh, I don't believe that... Uh, uh, that you could just, uh, you know, turn around a team uh, uh, as quick as you want. Uh, and and going back to back to the kind of the flat cap here uh, over the last uh, couple of years, it probably put some some difficulty in, in making some of the moves. Uh, again, uh, when I got the job a year ago, I was asked to to remake uh, and restructure the organization, and I'm very happy. Uh, with the with the um, with the structure we put in in the hockey ops here, with the people we added, uh, it's been a lot of changes. Uh, we're coming together as a team, and and I think I think we can see uh, the 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 work that has been done starting in Abbotsford here, and and how we work and and work work and develop the younger players, and hopefully that would create more of a internal competition moving forward. Um, 
absolutely. We all know that that uh, you know coming in the summer, uh, free agency costs a lot of money. So so you either you either got to find uh, European or, or college or CHL uh, free agents and work with them, or, or uh, you know uh, hopefully uh, be able to do a trade or two here uh, in order to get better. JT Miller, uh, do you still him uh, view him as as a center long term here for your team? Uh, I, I view him as a center. Uh, I do think that he's uh, uh, capable of playing uh, a really good positional, uh, strong two-way, uh, hard to play against in, in the middle. Uh, up to this point, uh, JT had uh, played uh, with a lot of different players, uh, played all positions, Um I'm excited to uh, continue to work with him. Uh, I don't think he is uh, um, where he needs to be in terms of uh, performance. I think he's been inconsistent uh, as a whole group. Uh, I, I know JT uh, comes in here every day, wants to get better, wants to learn. Um, I do think that he's... Uh, his, his, his enthusiasm and willingness to be a better player uh, will help him long, long-term to, uh, to be a good fit there. Uh, and before we let you go, Patrick, as far as Elias Patterson is concerned, we know what great, greatest season he's had. And I know the team's been on the record as saying, you know, uh, they're very, you know, obviously want to hold on to him long-term. But, you know, in terms of your confidence in that happening, what makes you guys confident ab- about being able to, you know, have these guys all on board long-term and, and have a winning team in front of them into the future? Yeah, no, good question there. And I think part of it, it starts where we're talking. I was, you know, talking about the identity, uh, identity of being a Vancouver Canuck, doing the right things here every day, the practice habits. And and a lot of credit goes to, to Elias here, how he c- came prepared for this season. And I see a lot of growth in him uh, in terms of taking ownership uh how he handles uh, adversity, how he, he, he continue to push himself and, and prepare day in and day out. Uh, I, I'm, I'm very confident that, that Elias uh, has a lot of uh, upside still to come and a, and a great future here. And uh, that uh, needs me having home at my house or uh, making Swedish meatballs to, to get him uh, even more comfortable <laughs> stay, sticking around here. I'm very pleased to do so, but uh uh, all the conversations I have with Elias has, has been really, really good. Happy for him to make the All-Star team well-deserved. Um, and I think he makes players around him better, too. Patrick, uh, really appreciate your time. Uh, hopefully we can get an invite for those Swedish meatballs as oh, well someday. Yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, we'll definitely talk about that later on there. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I'll take that answer. Thanks for this, Patrick. Yeah, I'll take that as a no. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> I think that's a no. I think that was that's a political a way of saying no. Uh, of a... saying no. I mean, obviously, uh, a lot of the stuff we heard yeah. is what's been reiterated, you know, in the past, uh, in terms of them meeting with the media about their plan in the future and and all all the stuff that they want to do. Would you say the most noteworthy stuff coming out was the fact that he says that Patrick Alvey met with Pat Morris, Bo Horvat's agent, before the game against Chicago, which was this week. So yeah. according to Patrick Alvin, they met with Bull Horvat's agent, Pat Morris. Which was uh, earlier this week. We know uh, a lot of the hockey world was in for the top prospects game. Um, and as some of our listeners are pointing out, you know, the answer he gave on Bo 
does kind of tell us where the situation is heading. Um, Bo is an unrestricted free agent. It's his right uh, to, to go out and, and see where he wants to play and, and be able to do that. So, you know, reading between the lines, it sounds like somebody who's not overly confident or uh, somebody who's not looking at Bo Horvat as potentially being a member of his team beyond the trade deadline this year. Yeah, and... It's he, nothing new. I mean, no, we, we know nothing. that this is the way the situation has sort of been trending towards. No, and, and, and people have the question about, like, hey, are they going to sit Bo out? And I yeah. think he said, hey, if we get you know, something we have to consider. I mean, obviously it's not here now, but he essentially said it's something we're going to have to consider depending on how things go. It's, you know, I understand. I think fans are right. Like, if, if you're close to a trade, sit the guy out. Why risk it? But because we're so far out, still five weeks, it's unprecedented to sit a guy for, like, two or three weeks in a row until a trade materializes, right? But I can see why it makes sense maybe for tonight's game ahead of the All-Star break. You got 10 days off if something happened. But traditionally in the NHL, if a deal would, is yeah. not close, yes. it doesn't happen. And also the player has to be on board with that. You know, Bo's trying to land, you know, his biggest career contract. Does he want to give up any opportunity to not add to his statistics or anything of that nature? I mean, I think this is all part of the conversation it's not just as simple as as cut and dry as like hey the team should sit him out because you know what if what if he gets hurt i mean that's an unfortunate reality of an unfortunate possibility that could play out yeah and you know he didn't say anything you know like raymond says alvin doesn't give anything up and we you know we we joked about this yesterday you know i'm like yeah i'm like yeah i want everybody to tune in (laughs) but i'm not expecting him to say anything and i think there's a reason why the organization and rutherford himself said i should talk less let alvin handle things because he's going to say a lot less than i do and that's going to be part of how they handle things and honestly it's probably the best thing because you know the less you say, the less you can use against them. And the only thing he mentioned of consequence on the both stuff was a meeting that he says happened yes. this week with Pat Morris ahead of the Chicago game. And everything else, he kind of said he, he they will consider sitting out. Bo- to me, those are the two noteworthy things here that they're still in dialogue. And the contract to Kuzmenko doesn't necessarily mean they're not going to sign both. I asked him point blank. Yeah. Does this contract, you know, hinder you? And he says, you know, obviously we'd have to do some work and I am going to be cap compliant next season, but being over the cap isn't the reason why we wouldn't sign Bo Horvat. Uh, so it could still be a possibility. There are always, you know, the thing they have in the back pocket if they really need to use it is is an OEL buyout to uh, potentially open up uh, a full $7 million plus, you know, which is maybe where Bo Horvat's contract ends up Anyways, but maybe not with the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, Patrick Alvin just joining us here on, on Canucks Central. He'll also join Dan Murphy a little bit later on during the broadcast of the Canucks and Columbus Blue Jackets. Talked about JT Miller as well and still sees JT as, as a center. And something we've talked about, Sat, going back to last year uh, regarding JT and the presence he has at the rink uh, seemed to to be a part of you know why they believe in JT so much his willingness to want to get better and all these things and may end up being just cliche i mean which top end hockey player isn't like that necessarily but ultimately he still views JT as a player who can play center he's probably going to need JT to play center and 
Why? You know, like, and and again, put it on JT playing with a bunch of different players, moving from center to wing all season long, as one of the reasons as to why we haven't seen him play close to the level he was at last. Yeah, year. but that's a cop out. He's got to be better. You know, like I I don't think I'm I'm with you that like you know there's certain things or whatever, but anything is an excuse. Like, yeah. I'm so sick and tired of the... I'm not saying you're making these excuses, but I'm just so sick and tired of excuses for these players. Oh, this was hard. That was too bad. NHL's not easy. It's hard. You got paid a lot of money. You, got, you They invested in you in a massive contract. Be better. Yeah. Don't float. Yep. Be a leader. Be yep. what you talk about. Yeah, you're trying to be in the right spot, but act like it. Yep. You know, like, it's, it's not good enough putting the best foot forward. You got to be all in on it. And I'm not seeing enough of that. And I've defended JT so many times, right? And I, and I think he's more more valuable player than people you know, make him out to be. I think we're, we're both in, in agreement well, on that. I think the rhetoric around JT has gotten out of control. It has gotten out of control, but he doesn't help himself. No. You know, like, hey, you don't want people to yell at you being lazy? Back check. Yeah. It's not that difficult. <laughs> you know what I mean? Work hard. Yeah. You know, don't throw your head back when you're going to the bench. Yep. You know, like, we're not talking about a 22-year-old, 23-year-old. Yeah. You know, like, be better. Be accountable. Um, you know, when you're when you're slamming and breaking your sticks on the bench like every single game, yeah, you know that that becomes tiresome. It rings hollow. Yes. Yeah, you're you're yeah, you care more than everybody else, but you don't play like it always. You show more frustration than anybody else. Uh, and the organization, realistically, um, you know, Patrick, uh, they they kind of have to believe in JT as a center. Yeah. Right now, with the yeah. way the situation's trending with Bo Horvat, I don't know where you're finding a, a top end center to to fill that hole. When you lose Bo Horvat, yeah. So well, and, and even so, Dan. Though my, my my opinion had even heading into last year was even if you keep Bo and JT, you don't have that matchup guy. You don't have that penalty killing two way centerman that you can use in all situations. Or at the very least, be the guy you go to shutdown wise. Be the guy who's going to be good on the PK and do all those things. So even if you keep these guys, you need another guy like that. Yeah. And I think the same reasoning holds true right now. Pedersen uh, is their best defensive center right now. Yeah. Uh, and that's not much debate there. Dan Rico, Satyar Shah, the words of Patrick Alvin. You can find it on podcasts if you missed it. Coming up, Canucks and Columbus Blue Jackets, the official pregame show is next on the Sportsnet Radio Network.